Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Offensively, I mean, I, I think we're a really hard-nosed team up front um, that can run the ball. I think we're going to create a lot of explosives down the field. That's something that I'm really confident in with the guys we have. I think we've got a couple great backs. Um, and that, those are kind of, it goes by our offensive commandments, you know, protect the football, create explosives, um, ball security, all those things. And there's, a, there's more of them, too, you know, we can talk about. But, um, and that's just what we live by. That's who we try to be. Big plans for this Jaguar offense under second-year quarterback Trevor Lawrence getting ready for week one against the Washington Commanders. Welcome into Jaguars Dry Time on a Thursday. Ashlyn, Brian, and John here with you as we get ready for this game, our last show of the week, preparing for this Washington Commanders game. And back in the locker room yesterday, you can tell these guys are, at this point, just ready to play. You know, so was, much anticipation. I was down by the offensive lineman talking to Brandon Sheriff and mentioned that shot that you just played, mm-hmm. that soundbite with the uh, Trevor talking about the team's identity being hard-nosed and pushing guys around up front. And you just see all the offensive linemen, you know, yeah. shaking their head. I, I, he wasn't talking to them, but he might as well have been. It, it resonated in the locker room. Yeah, and that's it's, it's what you want to hear. And, of course, you don't know this team's identity as of right now, but Coach Peterson mentioned it as well, John. It's at the point now where we want to know what's the definition of this team, and we're not going to know until Sunday, but they have a good idea. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Trevor went uh, that way. And uh, – you, know, you kind of think you know, but there's been so many changes. I, I am sure – I thought it was interesting that Trevor said that that's what they want to be, that he went there first. I think uh, Sheriff coming around – or the Sheriff coming around. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I think Sheriff being here is uh, – I think Trevor's right. I think it was yesterday when he talked about it. His identity, his attitude has rubbed off. Um, I think that – will surprise some people who have watched this team because they really weren't that way last year or the year before. <laughs> they didn't have an identity. And in the preseason, it's so hard to run in the preseason because the offensive line isn't together the entire time. You can't get continuity. And they didn't look like a powerhouse running team in the preseason. Right. But you could easily see scenarios, you see it all the time, where a team comes out and preseason's out the window now and this is what they are. I could see a... a uh, scrappy, mauling, sheriff-in-town kind of running game on Sunday. And I think that'll surprise people, but I, th- I do think that's what they want to be. Well, if people, if you played the rest of the soundbite, you would hear him talking about then going over the top, right? right. And going having deep the, the option. Ball, which is what a lot of people want to hear. They don't want to hear three yards in a cloud of dust. They want to hear going deep. Mm-hmm. I had visions of the, the Raiders of the 70s when he was talking, right? Pound the ball, draw the safeties, go over the top. So right. it, it's not going to come together necessarily in week one. But that's who they want to become by the time the season is over. Right, especially because it's almost the trendy thing nowadays in the NFL to say, oh, we're the explosive passing attack, of course. And yeah, yeah, we'll run the ball here and there. So I was a little surprised as well for him to mention the running game first. It's just part of who they're going to be, but (laughs) the part that the offensive line likes to hear the most. Absolutely. Getting J-Rob in there is key to that. I know we're moving on, but I don't know that Travis Etienne, just Travis Etienne, would be a back for a mauling, right, scrapping enough. team. I, yeah. But you add James Robinson into that, and again, a guy who wasn't there in the preseason. I think it goes back to how this team looks on Sunday could surprise even close Jaguars followers. A lovely transition for Big Thing 1. Is he back? Running back James Robinson preparing for week one and is anxious to get back on the field. A man who is not very emotional, really ever, especially in yesterday's locker room. The guy's just ready to play. Yeah, uh, it kind of sucked. I mean, 
There's a couple of plays they had to bring me out because I couldn't do it because it was like thud or something like that. But um, it was kind of hard just seeing I was right there, but I wasn't there yet. But I'm glad I'm here now. It feels pretty good. I mean, uh, like you said, when I was in, in the huddle or anything like that, it was kind of hard just kind of actually getting my reads down and not being able to actually read it and make my cuts and everything. But uh, being in a huddle again feels pretty good, and I like it. Big thing, too, is a familiar foe, head coach Doug Peterson, knowing this Washington Commanders team very well and knowing the quarterback, Carson Wentz, very well. Peterson talking about the similarities between Carson Wentz and quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you know, it's similar, but in our case it's different because year two for Trevor is a different staff, right? And different, different head coach, different coordinator, different position coach, where Carson year two it was the same same guys. And... There was consistency there, you know, and and although we've seen tremendous growth in, in Trevor, um, year two for for Carson with us, there, there there was another there was another step, there was another leap there, and and um, you know those are things that we're trying to get Trevor to right that level that with Trevor in our, in our system, and and um, you're, you're going to see it probably throughout the course of the season, um, you know, but I think time will tell, you know, with with him. And finally, big thing three is first test. This improved offensive line that we've been talking about for months, the Sheriff back in town. Big test this weekend's the Washington Commanders defensive front. Trevor Lawrence thinks his offensive line is ready for the challenge. Man, I just think they got the, the right mindset. I think um, Sheriff coming in really has elevated the whole group. You know, it's a lot of the same guys that have been here, but bringing in him and just his veteran presence, but also just his work ethic and the way he attacks every day. Always ready to go, never complains, just has that grit, he's a little bit nasty. Like that's that's something that those guys see and have seen it all, you know, OTAs and camp and see a guy who's had as much success as he's had on his eighth season, I believe, and still brings that intensity every day. I think it's elevated the whole group. And that is Big Things on a Thursday morning. We go back up to Big Thing on the biggest story of the week. All the running backs back on the field. James Robinson in the locker room yesterday. We're all waiting for him to come off the practice field. And he's like, oh, great. There's 30 reporters in front of my locker. You can just tell he's tired of all the questions about the rehab, about the recovery. Just go play football. And let's talk about that from now on. I think I said it the other day. It, it's the biggest story and one of the biggest stories in the NFL if those two guys both play well on Sunday. Because of the injuries – because of the position and that they're back, um, it could go from being 30 reporters around his locker to 45 the next week, right? I mean, as many as as can squeeze around to hear from this young man, who, as John just alluded to, the Jaguars are counting on to give them a consistent running game. Counting on so much that they didn't go out and spend a high draft choice. They waited till the fifth round to grab Snoop Connor, right? They didn't spend a lot of money in free agency at this position, and, and that's what they want to do run the ball and use play action. Mm-hmm. I think only one coach in, in football used play action more often than Doug Peterson from 2016 through 2020, if I read the statistics right. So they're counting on this guy. Buckle up. I, I, it's a phenomenal story. And I hope it's one that gets told because he's having success, which means the Jaguars are having success. Mm-hmm. 45 reporters. What, is he moving to New York? <laughs> well, <laughs> You <I'm>, never know. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, to your point, it's a remarkable story. That, uh, you know, we've talked about it all off season, and, and we couched everything by saying if these two are healthy. I'm to the point now, I, I don't, uh, I think James Robinson's health is more of a media story than it is an actual story at this yeah. point. 
He wasn't on the injury report yesterday. Yeah. You get no impression from Doug or from James Robinson. First of all, Doug said yesterday, if James Robinson is playing and looking the part and doesn't come off saying that he needs to come out, yeah. well, he's not going to say he needs to come out. I, I mean, you saw this kid in the locker room. Yep. No pitch you know, count. His leg could fall off, and he's not going to come out and say that he needs to fall <laughs> out. You know, come out. So I think he's going to play the whole game on Sunday. What I'm curious to see, guys, is and, and Schlin, um <laughs> is do I guess he's talking about my multiple personalities, huh? Uh, what is the workload like? It, yeah. Everybody wants is James Robinson going to get his normal workload in this offense? We don't know what that we don't know yet. Right. Normal workload is. I think it's going to be lighter because I, I think they're going to rotate, and I think fantasy people are going to be upset. I left the practice field <laughs> though yesterday. Practice field for what it is because they weren't in full pads. But I left the practice field yesterday saying to somebody, I don't see a pitch count for this guy because he looked sudden, as sudden as James Robinson has ever looked, right? Um, he looked light on his feet. I thought he looked really good. You know, again, for practice, I was impressed. And I said to somebody as we were walking in, I don't see a pitch count for this guy. He looks good. Yeah, and so, which is, that's a crazy enough story that he doesn't have a pitch count week one. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> well, well, then the other side of it is, how do they use Travis Etienne? Yeah, uh, and that's why we don't as, know his role. As much as you say, John, that we don't know what a normal workload's going to be in Doug Peterson's offense, how is Travis Etienne going to be deployed? I don't think he's most effective running between the tackles. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he can't, but I think there's we're going to wait and see how it evolves with him. All right, and that is big things. Lots of big stories this week as we prepare for week one against the Washington Commanders when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Julie Donaldson from the Washington Commanders joins us on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're back, Jaguars drive time, getting ready for week one against the Washington Commanders and happy to have Julie Donaldson, who is on the Commanders game day radio broadcast and is the senior vice president handling all things media for the Washington Commanders. Julie, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, This is going to be an interesting game for myself because I'm actually from Jacksonville as well. And my parents are coming up. And my mom asked if she can wear Jacksonville attire. And I said, I might need to find her some commanders here. It pays these days. <laughs> Maybe we can do a, a dual outfit, a Jaguar top, commanders bottoms. We'll figure it out. Well, that's so, super cool. Well, very cool to hear that you're from Jacksonville. What do you think about this game? We think just the game as itself is incredibly interesting for week one. Well, yeah, it's interesting because just for the fact that it is week one, you don't really know what you're going to get from either team. Of course, you guys with the new coaching staff and a lot of additions um, trying to take that next step. But then for Washington, like we're, we've got a lot of different additions on offense and with Carson Wentz coming in here and now with extra options of um, drafting Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel being healthy, um, J.D. McKissick being back in there as well, like how are they going to decide to define themselves on offense? That's something that everybody appears waiting to kind of see. And then they had Brian Robbins and they drafted out of Alabama. That was really going to be exciting and kind of really beef up this run game. And then, of course, he tragically um, goes through and, and gets shot in the leg. And he's working his way back from recovery. So he's out. So we're kind of trying to figure out what is the identity going to be on offense. And on defense, can they step back up um, and, and be uh, a dominant defense that they they feel that they should be? Um, and last year was rather a little bit, as many will say, they were humbled and a bit disappointed. Good morning, Julie. I um, 
I think Ron Rivera has done a really good job at compartmentalizing things, and I'd love your opinion on it. You know, there have been some stories outside of football around the Commanders, and yet when you read about the Commanders or talk to people about the Commanders, it's all football. Can you give us a sense of how Ron has kept that thing focused on football this offseason and where this team is as they get ready to start with opening day? Yeah, we ask him that question a lot because since he's come here a couple of years ago, taking over a team that just had three wins, COVID happens. He ends up having cancer, doesn't miss a game, but he's going through treatment throughout the entire season. And you could see him just physically wiped. Alex Smith coming back from injury on um, everything that happens around the quarterbacks. I think he's had like six or seven different starting quarterbacks in just a few years that he has been here. Um, he, he attests it to his military background of just being kind of steady. And that's the one thing that when I first took on this job and was kind of learning about him, everybody would say he's a very steady leader. Uh, and he continues to be that way as he goes through everything now and still kind of trying to lead this team um, to be able to say, OK, like it, uh, one of his favorite sayings is what's interesting and what's important. You know, like, is it interesting? OK, then let's not put too much attention into it. If it's important, then we need to focus in on it. Um, so he's done a really good job kind of leading this team and they've taken on his personality uh, as well. And you can kind of see that this year with the players. Julie, you could make the argument that this is uh, this could be a last chance for Carson Wentz. It's certainly a third chance, which for NFL quarterbacks, you know, you don't get that many. How is he approaching mm -hmm. it? Uh, what's your sense of sort of where he's at mentally going into this thing? I've been impressed by Carson. I mean, he gets hit up on this question almost every single interview he gets of that look. It didn't work out with the Eagles. It didn't work out with, you know, your guru that drafted you, you know, and you were at the Colts. And of course, everybody remembers that game that he had against you guys last season that basically lost him his job in Indianapolis, um, which is why he's here in Washington. And look, I mean, Coach Rivera's gone out there and made it very public that we want you. We want you to know that this is your team. We believe in you. They believe they can get him back to the form um, that he was in Philadelphia before he became succumbed to a whole bunch of different injuries that kind of just like set things off in a bad course for him. But he comes in as a different leader and a different man. I mean, he claims that, you know, his faith is first and foremost, most important to him. So that keeps him steady, that he's got a family, his two little girls that don't care if he throws interceptions or has a bad game. Uh, and so that kind of keeps him grounded. And then it's football after that. And make no mistake, this man's a competitor. He understands the pressure. He understands what this season means to him in his career as a starter. Um, but so far, I mean, we're all curious, too. What is how does he do? You know, like he's got that arm to stretch the field. We have the speed with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson to be able to draw those defenders away. Um, but is he going to, you know, be as accurate um, as you want at times? So I, I think we're all just going to sit back and wait and see how this offense goes. But mentally, I feel like he's coming in pretty sound and pretty confident in himself. Julie, how is our old buddy Jack Del Rio deploying his defense without Chase Young, your best defensive player and one of the best pass rushers in the game. How are you, how is Del Rio overcoming the absence of such a great player early on? Yeah, well, last season, Chase Young didn't get off to the hottest start that we anticipated after winning defensive rookie of the year and having, what, eight, nine sacks or so. Um, in that season, you tend to expect those players to take big steps and big leaps. He was struggling a little bit early on. Then when he goes down, to an injury which is pretty gruesome of an ACL and some other things mixed in there like he's going to at least miss the first four games of the season starting on the physically unable to perform list um, but they came together as a unit when he was out one of the issues they had last season is they thought a lot of guys were just going for the numbers and playing individually not as one unit um, and that's something as Ryan Kerrigan 
uh, is he is now in our coaching staff, having retired the all-time sack leader for Washington, um, comes in and says, you have to rush as one. And so they kind of fall a little bit more into their system without Chase out there. But uh, look, Montez Sweat is an animal of himself, a first-round draft pick, um, and he has been quietly racking up some pretty good numbers. You know, you've got the interior line with Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Deron Payne's been having an outstanding camp. James Smith-Williams is coming in on the other side, filling in for Chase Young. Um, look, he, he might not be a Chase Young, but he's a very capable edge rusher as well. So uh, they're trying to play more within the system as opposed to playing individually. Well, I know we all are looking forward to start this thing week one of the regular season. Julie, thank you so much for joining Jaguars Drive Time. We will see you on Sunday. All right. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Coming up on the Jaguars Digital Network, some he will, he won't, he might. Stay with us. I think in your mind, yeah, and I think that's why you practice and you put in the game plan this week and you go out and, and you, you execute it, you know, and um, you you have a vision of what what, a, what you hope it is, you know, and what you think you can be. And, and you know, it's my job as the, the head coach is to, is to keep, keep the team focused on that, right? That we've got to have an identity. We've got to, you know, we've got to do the things that we've talked about all off-season and training camp. And um, I have a vision in my head. And, and, you know, I try to relate that and, and communicate that to the team. And now they have to go out and try to try to be that, you know, uh, it's it's, it's the fun part. No, it's the fun part of it. <laughs> Head coach Doug Peterson on what this team is going to look like week one against the Washington Commanders. It's time for he will, he won't, he might presented by Suddeth. Suddeth is Jacksonville's trusted and reliable moving company. Suddeth is proud to be the official moving company of the Jacksonville Jaguars. To get a stress-free quote, visit Suddeth.com. All right, Brian, time for your he will, he won't, he might. I'll go with a free agent who uh, hasn't gotten a ton of attention. Uh, that's Evan Ingram, the tight end. And um, he will play the role of Alshon Jeffrey in this offense. If anyone's read Doug Peterson's book, Fearless, he talks about that season in a few chapters. And Jeffrey was a key player. He was the safety valve. He was the guy that was always where he was supposed to be on third down. He kept the chains moving, kept drives alive, and gave them all kinds of flexibility. And that's the role I believe that he will play in this offense. He won't be Travis Kelsey. He won't be George Kittle. He's not going to be a 100-reception, 13-touchdown guy. Uh, you know, those guys are focal points in San Francisco and Kansas City. And I'm, he's not going to be the focal point here. Uh, but he might be Dallas Knox, who the Buffalo Bills just rewarded with a fat contract yesterday because he has become Josh Allen's favorite go-to target. Um, especially when things are down. So he's not going to be that sexy, flashy guy that a lot of people think of first-round tight end, but he's going to be a, a workman-like guy who gets the job done. Um, he'll make some plays through the course of the season that'll make you go, oh, it was a good signing. Mm -hmm. He may also have a couple of drops that make you go, oh, well, that's what we saw in New York. Right. Um, but I think they've got a clearly defined role for him. Like a lot of things, we didn't see it in the preseason, and I think it'll start to show itself on Sunday in Washington. Yeah, I think he'll have some moments that frustrate fans, uh, but what I think he's going to bring more than anything to this offense, um, you have to cover him if you're a defense because he's fast enough and good enough to beat you on every play. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have to account for him, and if you don't, he can get you beat. So I think he might help other receivers and other people in the offense 
as much as he actually has stats. Yeah, I'm sure I get asked all the times, I'm sure you all do about Evan Ingram and oh my gosh, in New York, he always dropped balls. And I think he is well aware of the consistency issues in his career. And I go back to the night practice we had here when he dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone from Trevor Lawrence. And I go back out to shoot a stand up 45 minutes later and he's out there running routes with Trevor. He's well aware of the consistency issue in his career. Have you talked to him in the locker room yet? I have not. He is a sensational interview. He's very thoughtful mm-hmm. uh, and very well-spoken on the topic. So I would encourage you to find him in the locker room. What do you say? I want to know now. Well, he acknowledges that he has had issues, mm-hmm. uh, but he also says people don't see how hard he's worked to overcome thing. the issues. Right. People only see the drops, and he knows that, hey, that's part of the game on TV. Right. Um, he's been working on it, diligently working on it and is working on it physically, right, with the jugs machine, and mentally to get himself ready to make big plays. He knows he bet on himself with a one-year contract this year. He's prepared to win that bet. Love it. John, what do you got? I have uh, Tyson Campbell, and he will be an important matchup in this game. Uh, Terry McLaurin, uh, the Redskins, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the Commander's uh, wide receiver. <laughs> it's a hard one. It's, it's, uh, well, and I grew up a fan, so yeah. it's, it's, it's particularly hard. But... Um, this is a good wide receiver core he's facing. So he and, and uh, Shaq Griffin are going to have you know, their work cut out for him. They'll be in a, in an important matchup, but he won't be overwhelmed by this. And we talked all last year, um, so it's, it, it's kind of going over uh, past topics. A remarkable story this kid was, Tyson Campbell, last year. The first month of that season could have broken. And I, I get that we're well beyond that, but he's even added to that story in the sense that he may have been one of their best two or three de- uh, defensive players during training camp. I don't think anybody thought that was going to be the case last September. He could have a year, and I guess this is sort of the he might, because it's not he will, he won't, he could. It's yeah. he will, he won't, right. he might. Um, he might turn in this year to that number one corner, and he might be the solution to their, quote, turnover issues. If the defensive line and the defensive front gets the pass rush and is as disruptive as we think, he will wind up benefiting. I think he could have four or five interceptions this year, which is a lot. He reminds me the way that he runs, the way that he covers. He reminds me of Rasheen Mathis. He's got fluid hips. He can turn and run. Uh, He's got an innate sense now of how to play the ball that he didn't have last year. Um, I, I just... I think he's got the chance. He's quiet, too. Mm-hmm. Rasheed Mathis was not a big talker. Mm-hmm. He was quiet, but deadly on the field, right? Um, and I think by the end of this year, we could see some of those Rasheed Mathis traits, which would be great, not because he went to three Pro Bowls, but because he's the all-time leading interceptor here in Jacksonville with 29 or 30. Yes, so. I love his story. I think it's one of the best stories here on the Jaguars roster because you're so right. Last September, now if you would have said last year, or at this point last year, now he's going to be floating the number one wide receiver against any opponent, which is what Mike Caldwell said a couple weeks ago, you would have said, no way. No way this guy can do that. Yeah, well, you think his confidence level is higher with Trayvon Walker up front? Uh, yeah, that certainly helps. Yeah. All right, Smy, he will, he won't. He might is running back Travis Etienne. He will play on Sunday, and that is significant in his in itself. But I'm going to go ahead and say that he will. It's going to be incredibly close. He will end up getting more carries than James Robinson on Sunday. I'm very curious to see how this works out, how they balance the two of these guys. What a lovely problem to have. But he won't be the starting running back. James Robinson is going to be on the depth chart and run out as the starting running back. But we don't really know what this offense is going to look like. And really, you don't need a starting running back when you have both these guys who are able to do it. And he might just get in the end zone on Sunday. I want James Robinson and him to get a touchdown on Sunday to make the story just 
put a bow on it, making an even better story. But man, what a comeback story for Travis Etienne. And if he gets a touchdown on Sunday, yeah, then there will be 45 reporters in front of his locker. At least, maybe 90. Maybe yeah, 100. right. <laughs> Just keep doubling it. The remarkable thing about uh, Etienne to me, Brian, you said earlier he, he's not really a between-the-tackles guy, and you're right. Prototypically, he's not that. But what's remarkable to me, he runs hard for a running back to his size. I envisioned when he came in a player who ran basically outside the tackles, got by on his speed, his quickness made people miss. He's, he's very good at that. But when he has to run inside and put his head down, he does. He's a really tough guy and a very unique runner. I, I'm sure there are others who run like him. But to combine that at his size, I think Jaguars fans are going to like him because of the toughness as much as because of the speed outside. He can run between the tackles. I'm just not sure how many times you want to give him that responsibility. Right? I mean, how many right. touches do you see him getting? 15 to 20 a game? Uh, yeah, I think that's high for either because – I. Uh, at some point, if you're doing that, then you have the two backs touching it 35, 38 times. But well, the next couple if things weeks, are going well, yeah. Yeah, the next couple of weeks, you face some big and talented defensive fronts. I mm -hmm. mean, right out of the gate with Washington with the, the three first-rounders. But then you come back next week, and you've got Indianapolis. And then you have to go right. and play the big boys out on the West Coast in Los Angeles. So, I mean, I just... I, we'll find out what he's going to become. I just don't look at him and think, well, yeah, pound him. Funny enough, he said yesterday in the locker room that now that James Robinson is back, he now can take all the inside runs now that he's back, and he'll worry about I'm all the explosions. So, so Travis kind of understands <laughs> it, too. His speed is best utilized off-tackle yeah, so as James, opposed to James, you, you handle that over there. But he right. can do it. Oh, for sure he can Absolutely. do it. And we did see that, and he is a tough kid, and he's not scared of it. Yes. All right, that is He Will, He Won't, He Might, presented by Suddeth when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. Some Monday's headlines today. It is time for Monday's headlines today. We are predicting what we'll be talking about on this fine program come Monday morning at 9.30, recapping week one against the Washington Commanders. What are we thinking? Well, in typical political fashion, right? Uh, I'll go with gridlock, which is what we see so often from Congress uh, and the Senate. And uh, the Jaguars' defensive line, I think, will create no room for the Redskins to be able to get things done on the ground. Um, or the Commanders. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I still call them. The, I still call them the San Diego Chargers. I mean, that's just <laughs> that's 50 years of that. Um, and I and I think that the Jaguars' defensive line will stack things up and make it very hard to get anything done for the Commanders on the ground on Sunday. Love it, John. What are you thinking? Well, I think the uh, I think the Jaguars will win. First of all, I think they will win by creating turnovers, mm. which will create a turnaround for the uh, organization. So my headline is, turn over, turn around, turn it up. <laughs> I see you've gotten into the spirit of this segment this year. Wowie. I don't, they don't that write that That leaves you with nothing to say. But <laughs> you better, If you're going to be the last headline, you better be good, Schlin. It's so boring, my headline compared to is it's running game revamped because we're going to talk about the running game on Monday and how revamped it is because Trevor Lawrence said that's what he wants his offense to be. And that's what it will be because Trevor gets what he wants. Give me one of these. Schlein. Turn it's, it up. It's, it's not, as, not as exciting as this guy. It certainly isn't. He's going last next week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that's Jaguars Drive Time on a Thursday. Thank you for tuning in with us. Stay with us on Jaguars.com all weekend long. We'll recap that Commander's game right here Monday morning, 930. See you there.